Hello to all you who are out there chasing greatness this week. We've been talking about it the last few weeks. I've heard your feedback, and we're actually going to continue to push on this topic. I think it's a big idea, this idea of trying to maximize our potential, maximize our lives. And so we're calling it Chasing Greatness, and we're fired up about it. I mean, it's just been awesome to uh, hear from you and and dialogue with some of you. We've, we've gotten a lot of feedback. It's been really great. Thanks for your your uh, emails and your text messages and all that. It's, it's been awesome. And, and today's going to be a special uh, episode. If you listened a couple of weeks ago, you know we talked about the idea of being a, a person who chases greatness through growing, trying to grow yourself. And the more we grow as leaders, the more we're able to help others grow. And really, that's what being great is about. It's not just being great ourselves, maximizing our potential, but it's also about helping others be great. And and so I just really, I, I believe in that idea of how much better can you get when you do that, you're helping everybody around you get better. And, and they benefit from your leadership and from your personal and professional growth. And so we had an episode on growth a couple of weeks ago. My friend Mark Miller joined us just for some couple little segments. And uh, Mark and I got to kicking around uh, just the possibility of him coming on and joining us for some episodes. And so he and I had a chance to sit down and and do a, a pretty extended interview, and we're going to be able to drop one of those a month for the next few weeks. And so we've got 10, 15 minutes today I want to drop for you this week. This will be our first time to do that. And Mark and I talked about all kinds of stuff from leadership to, to uh, how, how we keep our head up versus head down kind of stuff. You're going to enjoy uh, this thought from a real life leader who's out in the in the world. I'll introduce him in our interview when we get on the video. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll you'll see this switch over. But uh, I'll come back to you in just a few minutes and sum up some of the things that he talked about. And I got a challenge for you today. So check out this interview with Mark Miller. Welcome to the show this week. I am so excited. We've been talking about chasing greatness the last few weeks, and I cannot think of anybody I'd rather have with me today than my good friend Mark Miller. Mark is uh, just such an incredible leader, maybe the best thought leader I've ever been around, just incredible the way he thinks. We've had a chance to work together, be friends together, and you've had this job for, I don't know, you're going on, what, making a career out of- I'm uh, thinking about a career. Selling chicken. He, he works with anything. Chick-fil-A, uh, vice president of high-performance leadership. You've had trouble, I think you've told me, holding down a job. You've been all over the business through the years, and- Maybe you can tell some of that, but Mark is a is an auth, best-selling author and uh, mentor, friend, coach, great husband, father, just uh, really a, uh, an example to leaders everywhere. And so I'm so excited to have you uh, join us today as we talk about this idea of chasing greatness. So welcome, welcome to the show, glad my friend. Glad to be with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you. So I want to start with, uh, I told my wife this morning, I said, I'm going to talk to Mark this afternoon about leadership. And Laura says, that's like talking to Santa Claus about Christmas presents. She was all excited about this conversation. And I know we'll all glean from you. But I want to, I want to think about that idea of leadership. You, you talk about leadership. You've made a career out of encouraging and equipping leaders. You, you're you know, chasing high performance. You've helped build an organization. So many things where leadership has been important, but but rewind the tape to the point where you first remember thinking leadership is a thing, it's an important thing, it matters, and and you became interested. What, t- take rewind the tape. Where did that happen? Well, you're 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 lucky that you phrased the question as you have, because I often wonder why I don't have more vivid memories of my childhood. I'm not sure (laughs) if it's some kind of condition or maybe it's just old age, but when you think about specific milestones as a child, most of them, I 
I don't have those memories, but I do remember the answer to your question. And I was, um, I guess, 10 years old, might have been close to 11. I was playing baseball, and I showed up at practice, and the coach said, the catcher's not here today, you're going to (laughs) catch. And I said, okay. And he said, here's the gear, and I put it on, and you know, did the best I could at practice. And the next day at school, I remember telling the teacher I needed to go to the library. And she said, why? Because I think it was odd for a 10-year-old to ask the teacher to go to the library. Yeah, I was probably trying to stay away from the library. She, she was trying to think, like, are you trying to get out of class? And I said, no, I need, I need to check out a book. And she said, what kind of book are you going to check out? And she, I said, well, I hope they have a book on how to be a catcher because I'm now a catcher. <laughs> she thought that was odd and she gave me a pass and I remember going to the library and I walked in and I said, have you got a book on how to be a catcher? And the librarian said, well, that's an interesting question, but let me look. And she came back with a book on how to be a catcher written by Joe Torrey. Okay. The legendary, I guess he's all of famer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, Most people probably know him as being a manager, a manager of the Yankees. Right. But, but, but he, he was, was a catcher, catcher. when we were kids. He was yeah. a catcher. And, and he had written a book. And, and I remember very little about the book. But I do remember on page one, he said, you are the leader of the team. Wow. He said, you're the only one who has the view of the entire field. Yeah. He said, everyone else's perspective is limited. And leadership begins with vision. Yeah, that's so good. And so from that moment on, I went about learning how to be a catcher and I just began assuming leadership uh, initially and primarily on the baseball team. That's so good. Uh, talk a little more about that because I've actually talked about this before, the idea of, of I, I can't really think of any other position in any sport, even if you think about it that way. The catcher literally has the entire field in his lap. I mean, it's – or her if she's playing softball. But that that catcher – has everything in front of him. Even a goalie in hockey, they go around behind the net or the crease, whatever, and the goalie in soccer gets off the line sometimes. But that catcher literally has the game in front of them. Talk about how the leader, and you've watched leaders at all levels forever, talk, talk a little more about that vision where, where they, they have to keep an eye on the whole thing. Can you, well, they can do. you talk a little and, about and that? And I think there's a, there's a tension that I actually wrote about uh, about 20 years ago, and I call it a heads-up, heads-down. And it's a tension that that leaders have to manage and they have to navigate. And you've got to have that full view and that full perspective. And as the catcher, you've also got to be concerned about the next hitter and whether he can hit fastballs or curveballs. So you've got to have heads up. Is everybody positioned correctly? And you've got to be concerned about the details. And so I, I think that's true for me and you as we try to lead anything. The best leaders have the heads up and heads down perspective. You've talked a little bit, or you've written actually extensively about this idea of, of playing chess versus playing checkers. Checkers fly by the seat of your pants kind of game. Chess, much more strategic. Got to think a few moves ahead. Don't the best leaders have to think a few moves ahead and, and not, um, we, we've, we've even used this language, you and I, as we've talked about it. it. We have this tendency as organizations begin to grow we can become bogged down in almost like quicksand or activity. Everything's going crazy. And, and leaders almost have to stay on the high ground and be thinking a few moves where they're trying to take people. Talk, talk about that for me. Well, I think they have to do both. 
And I think the percentage of time that you spend heads up, heads down, has everything to do with your role. Like we're in the restaurant business. Our frontline team leaders working at the counter, they're probably going to spend more heads down time than heads up, but heads up still matters. They've still got to maintain perspective. They've got to still see a bus that's pulling in. They've still got to see that somebody's struggling. They've still got to see that a register's open and that we need to make a change. That's heads up activity. But they also have to be concerned with the details of the work. Uh, so, I think the percentage changes. And as you move up in leadership, let's let's come all the way to a CEO. CEO is going to spend more time in an ideal situation thinking about the future. But that doesn't mean they can lose sight of the balance sheet. That doesn't mean they can lose sight of this month's or this quarter's profit and loss or this quarter's share price. So, it, again, I think it has to do with the proportion of your time that you spend heads up and heads down. Let me say that. To your point about the quicksand, the quicksand keeps leaders at any level from ever pulling up, and that's when you lose your effectiveness. You, yeah. you, you, you forfeit your leadership because it's that pulling up that allows you what needs to be done. We, we see leaders all the time who, who lose perspective. They get bogged down. They find themselves in the quicksand. Talk about what kind of effect that has on people in the organization at lower levels when leaders don't spend time heads up the, the way you're talking about. Well, I think the impact is devastating because it's those heads up type activities, vision, strategy, resource allocation. Those are the things that enable an organization to make progress. I think leaders that get caught in that quicksand, we've used the term, they're stuck in action. They're working, they're busy, but they're actually not doing the right things. They're not, they're not uh, uh, applying their talents and gifts to the most important and significant activities. And it's felt all the way through the organization. We, we've said, we, yeah, we've said here that uh, it's easy to confuse activity with accomplishment. You're the one who, who I think years ago reminded me that maybe the most important leadership question is, is what are we trying to accomplish? It, it, it's just such a clarifying question. Talk to the power of this question. If somebody's listening out there, it, it, it almost feels like a secret weapon to, to, to pull back up and say, okay, let's, let's lock back in. Talk, talk about the importance of that. Well, I'll give you a little backstory on that. Uh, I was leading a group several years ago of some very talented um, and gifted men and women who had a very tactical orientation. And I was trying to help them pull up. Like, I, yes, it, they're ultimately going to be tactics associated with every strategy, but let's get the strategy right. And let's get the strategy right in service to the right goal. Because in the absence of goals and strategy, Every tactic is of equal value. How do you know what's, what you should and shouldn't do if you're not measuring it against a strategy, against a goal? So I hired a consultant to come and help me figure out how to lead this group of people. Because I just, I, I don't have, I mean, I can, I can do the heads down stuff, but my natural inclination is not tactical. My natural bent is more strategic. And, and I realized the disconnect. So I hired a consultant who came in. And uh, the short version of a long story is they said, well, you're not going to change people that are 
tactically oriented any more than they're going to change you if you have a more strategic orientation. And my immediate thought was, does this mean we're doomed? I mean, <laughs> I was like, what do we do? And she said, well, you know, God knew what he was doing when he wired everybody. And, and you need tactically oriented people and you need strategic people. I said, yeah, but these tactically oriented people have been asked to do strategic work. And I don't know how to help them. And, and this consultant, very gifted consultant, said, well, you got to ask the right questions. Because even a tactically oriented person can answer a strategic question. Mm. And so I began creating strategy questions yeah. to help lead people, myself included. The question you just referenced, specifically, comma, what are we trying to accomplish? Not generically, not you know, with a vagueness, but with some precision. Specifically, what are we trying to accomplish? I think helps everybody think strategically because the first step in strategy is determining what you're trying to accomplish. And then you create tactics to get there. So that's just great stuff. What a good challenge there from Mark at the end to even think about strategy was what are we trying to accomplish question. But I want to back up with a couple of things he said. And I want to review those with us and and I got a challenge for you as we as we think about some of the things that he talked about. You know, I, I love how he rewound his tape all the way to his childhood and and thought about when he first began to think about leadership. It was, I, I, I love just being able to ask him that and hear part of his story. And I'd love to hear your story as you think about where you started first thinking about leadership, but where you you began to understand that there was something in you that could be of value to other people. Uh, when did that happen for you? So I'd love to have your feedback on that. You can leave that in the show notes. Love to have a dialogue with you this week. Uh, when was it that you realized, hey, I, I really want to be great. I want to try to help other people be great. I want to make a difference with my life. Can can you remember one of those stories similar to Mark's story, being a catcher on the baseball field? I thought that was kind of cool. But then I also want to get into a couple other things he talked about. I thought was really powerful when he he mentioned this idea of heads down versus heads up leadership. And I want to I want to ask you this question right now. Where is your head down right now? Where are you buried in the busyness of the business? Where are you confusing, as I said on the on the interview with him, activity with accomplishment? There, I mean, you're you're busy. You got a lot going on, but maybe you're, there's some places in your life where you're not accomplishing what it is that you you should be. And so, I want I want you to think about that. I want I want to challenge you to really. Do some soul searching this week. In fact, we're going to do an episode next week on uh, just just doing a check in with yourself. I'm just it's just going to be me and you. I got a I got some questions for you because we're we're approaching a hundred days into the year, and I think it'd really be good for us to pull out our our plan for the year. You may not have one. I got some things that you can do to uh, to help you if you don't. But I, I think it's a good time for a check in as we approach the hundred year or the hundred year the hundred day mark in the year. But just tonight, as you as you you know wind your day down and, and you begin to think about um, you know where where you are in in your leadership right now or in your life or in your influence or maybe here today at lunch whenever you're listening to this if you would just take some time and say okay where am I buried in in the details where am I you know where am I giving in to the to the urgency when I should be focused more on the importance. To, to quote uh, Stephen Covey, just just that idea that I'm that I'm going to keep my head up. I'm going to try to to keep my eyes on the horizon. I was at a I was I was driving earlier this afternoon, and, and I'm taping this in the afternoon. I, 
I was driving this afternoon. I just came through a red light earlier, and there was somebody in front of me that was obviously text messaging, which they shouldn't have been doing in a car, but they're text messaging at a red light. And when the light turned green, they were buried in their phone. And it just reminded me that, that as leaders, when we are buried in the details, it holds up the flow of everything that really wants to happen in our organization. So I think that's a good picture for you. And I would challenge you to really sit down and say, where is it that, I am, that I'm texting and, and I should be looking out ahead? If you're the leader, it's your job to, to have vision and to, and to know like where are we trying to go? And that really leads me to that last question Mark talked about. I love that uh, tactical question of what is it we're trying to accomplish You've got to continue to ask yourself that question over and over again. If you're a leader in an organization, I know a lot of you are CEOs and a lot of you, maybe you're even a teacher in a classroom, you're the CEO of that classroom. You've got to continue to pull up and say, where are we trying to go? But some of you are, maybe you're just leading a department or you've got a little team of two or three people, or maybe you're just trying to lead yourself. I think this question is a powerful question. You continue to ask yourself, what is it I'm really trying to accomplish? What is it I'm trying to accomplish as I go to this meeting what am I trying to accomplish on this phone call? What am I trying to accomplish in my workout today? It is just such a clarifying question. And if you're a really tactical person in your organization or in it, the way you think, or like Mark said, maybe you're a strategic part, it doesn't matter. Either way, that question is going to push you more toward what am I trying to do and what is the strategy to get there? So it, this is a good question. And I want to challenge you to write that question down. What am I trying to accomplish? And come back to it over and over 10, 15 times a day. Every time you approach something, what am I trying to accomplish? I, if I'm standing over a, a putt on a golf green, you know, what am I trying to accomplish here? Am I trying to make this putt? Is it makeable? Or is this a long putt? I'm just trying to get it up there really close so I can make the next putt. All the way something like that to as you think about your fitness level or your at your meal. Like, what am I trying to accomplish with this meal? If I'm thinking about fuel. And, and trying to get me to the next meal, that will that, that will help me think about my calories. I mean, there's all kinds of ways this question could be applicable. So I want to I want to really encourage you to use this question this week. What am I trying to accomplish? And then make sure you keep that head up as you're as you're looking out on the horizon of your life, of your leadership, and your family, wherever it is that you realize how much when you get buried down, it's all in that quicksand. You are affecting other people. You're holding up the flow of what could be going on around you. I think that's a that's a great visual for us there. Don't be text messaging at red lights. You're messing up the traffic. That's not good. So thanks for listening this week. It's, it's great hanging out with you. I know that you've got a lot going on, but make some time to apply what we've talked about. You'll hear from Mark again in about a month. We'll bring him back on with more of our interview with him. Next week, we're going to do a check-in. This is going to be a really, I think, one of the most important episodes of the that we've had so far this year. When we look, I'm going to pull my plan out. We're going to talk through some of that. I've reset uh, some of my goals for the year based on some things that have happened, and I've I've recalibrated some things. And so I'm going to challenge you and give you some ways that you can do that as well. I think it'll be a really good time uh, next week. Please continue to share. And and if you hit that subscribe button, if you haven't done so on YouTube or or on the podcast, wherever you, you uh, are, are getting this stuff, uh, and I encourage you to share it with somebody else. Help somebody else get better this week. And also it helps us spread the message. That way we can continue to provide uh, content for you. Hopefully it'll be helpful to you. Until next week, I hope you are found chasing greatness. Let's go get it.